Bergeron, Bergeron, Bergeron. You think about this guy's career, the selfies. Patrice Bergeron has been the poster child for top two-way centers in the game. What a fantastic career Patrice Bergeron has had. Certainly on his way to the Hall of Fame. Patrice Bergeron, who grew up in Quebec, adoring the Quebec Nordiques, he downs the Canadians. news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. One of the best to ever do it has now hung up his skates. Ben, I I know you're a Rangers guy, bleeding blue through and through, but one guy you always talk so highly about was that man right there, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, I mean... Since we were in school together as freshmen in college, uh, one of the things we bonded on was you would shit on the Rangers and I would shit on the Bruins, but then we'd be like, yeah, but Hank, or yeah, but Bergeron's great. (laughs) There was always that that mutual respect point there, yeah. Yeah, it's like Jeter and Ortiz. (laughs) I just... Yeah, how do you feel? 
I just still can't believe it's over. And not that, I mean, the guy left it all out there. You want to talk about wear and tear on a body. That Like, yeah. at the end of every season, you'd see the injury report, and you're like, this fucking guy was still playing. Just yep. insane. But the other part of him is, it is going to kill me. And it does. Just knowing that was the last time I saw him in a Bruins jersey, that Game 7 loss at home. Like, that kills yeah. me with... You know, the year that they ended up having, it could have been. And then, you know, you throw the other guy in the mix there of Krejci who came back for a season and he just hangs him up too. It was like, you know, one last chance of we're getting the band back together. And when it ends like that, it's just, you know, a little defeated, souring taste in your mouth. But on the other end, I mean, you got to say merci, Patrice. I mean, just. (laughs) What a career, man, and battled, played the right way, leader on and off the ice, never heard a bad thing about the guy, yep. could possibly go down as, you know, the most perfect human being of all time, along with hockey <laughs> player. Like, just checked every box, did it for years, and didn't need or want the spotlight. He just wanted to show up every day, lead, and do it right. Um one of the biggest things I remember about Patrice was the Stanley Cup year. Uh, the year before that, we ended up getting Mark Recchi at the trade deadline. And when Rex came in, he was kind of a guy that brought Bergie under his wing and was like, you know, you're a great leader. And Bergie still had the thick Canadian accent, the French <laughs> accent. And Rex was the one who told him, who cares? You, like, yeah. speak up. You, you got to speak more. And, you know, Mark Recchi was one of those guys who was through and through said, you know, you know, Big Z might wear the C here, but this is Bergie's team. So behind the scenes as to you hear all these stories and class act as to what he's done. Um, and it's yeah, not like, I, uh, Chara was epitomized perfect English as a captain anyway. <laughs> it, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that was it. I think it was just more like, hey. You got the voice here, guy. You've been here. You got the room. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's wild to me, like, when it finally comes to an end, like, the ride. It's like, at the end of last year, I see the loss, and I'm like, all right, he's going to come back for one more year. He has to. And then when they call the press conference, you're like, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen. No. You could just tell, by the way, he was saying goodbye to everybody. Not that he knew in that moment, but I think. He thought about it, for sure. Yeah, and it's just it. I think that was the first ever in- indication that Bergeron was like, "It's a possibility." So I'm gonna basically take it all in and be, uh, say my respect to the boys, just in case it is the end. And I know you were hoping that he would come back. I thought there might have been a chance if I. Uh, like, I know you guys had some cap problems, but I think this offseason wasn't very inspiring. So I think Bergeron was probably like, yeah, like, I I did my part. <laughs> like, I think it's time to spend time with the, the wife and the kids for a little bit now and have my health. I want to be able to walk when I'm 50. Yeah, and I think that was probably one of the biggest parts of it. I mean, the injuries with him were, I mean devastating i guess would be the words like just the way you'd always see them in the injury report you're like yeah 
so Patrice Rafters Bergeron, I mean, that's already been confirmed. They're they're retiring the number as to when they haven't set the date yet, but yeah, already confirmed that there's no question there will be a date for it. So Yeah, so I got a couple of thoughts from my end. The first one is is a question. When you guys lost in game seven, were there people, aka Felger, or even just other fans on social media that were like, Bergeron, see, he's not a good captain. Like, this would have never happened under Chara because that was one of my thoughts that I had of, are people going to get on Bergeron because he's captain and they had a, for the postseason anyway, like a complete uh, collapse? No, so what I was hearing more than anything was they were pushing this onto Montgomery. And they okay. were saying that if Cassidy was still here, whether those guys hate him or loved him, Cassidy would have won them that series. And I think part of that had to do with, it seemed like at time Monty was unsure when it went the line shuffling very early, um, very noticeable, the, the old Mark injury and, and kind of scared to pull the trigger until when he finally did. So I, I think everyone, mostly the fingers were pointed at Monty. I, I didn't hear anyone actually point the finger at Patrice minus. There were a couple people that were saying when we had won games three and four, and, and then I believe he came back for five, they're like, well, why, why do we put him back so soon for? And then you, you hear how bad the injury was, and it's like, I don't think an, another day of rest would have been bad, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> and then my other thing is just like a, like a big picture thought of, you know, growing up, you had Neely, I had Graves. Those were our boys when we were kids. And then as we kind of transitioned and those guys left the game, there was like a little bit of a empty period there. Like obviously you would have some guys that you were to four, same for me with the Rangers, but there wasn't that guy. Yep. And then Hank came along for me right around the same time Bergeron came along for you. And now both of them, we saw there. And that was the first inclination of like, it's something different where when we became fans, like Neely was already there or he was already like, he had no concept of what it was like where he was developed and then he made his debut and same thing with Freeze yeah. for me. But Bergeron and Hank were... We saw them get drafted. We saw them make their debuts. We saw their entire career, and now they're gone. And it's like, shit, we're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when you put the old part into it, it's like, I don't think you realize it when you're like, you know, Bergy played 19 seasons here. I'm like, yeah, shit. Uh, like, I watched every fucking one of them. Like, you and just and like 90 percent of the games. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it, it's weird. It's almost like so. Um, speaking of. Uh, like awkward breakup. Um, so I was coaching little league this year on cam's team. And oh, I thought this was going to be you ending things with me. No, 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 no. But it was just funny because, uh, I was assistant coaching, uh, the head coach, Jeff, awesome, awesome guy, like seen him every day. Uh, you know, he has a daughter that's the same age as Emma. His son's the same age as cam. His wife's awesome. Very nice. So like, see him basically every day throughout the spring and you know a portion of the summer and you know that you say it i actually text him today and i'm like 
I don't want this to sound weird or anything, but I I didn't get any closure when you left. Like, you know, just I, I miss your face. Haven't seen you. And he started laughing. And <laughs> it, it was just one of those things. Oh, yeah. It's like you're going to turn on the TV in October and you're not going to see 37. And you're like, eh, yeah. you know, it's just a it's just a preseason game. He'll be out there when the regular season starts. Like, just it's just going to be keep pushing off the delay, delay, delay. They're like, oh, you know, he's just starting off the season on the IR. He's coming back. <laughs> Like, like just the, don't want to grasp it. That's the thing with when Hank left, and I know he saw him with the Capitals. I obviously not in the way that it happened with the health scare and having to be forced into retirement, obviously. But the only silver lining is I never had to see him in another jersey. Now, can I ask Apple a question? Jersey. Can I ask a question about that? And if the heart thing never happened and he did suit up for the Capitals, does that, like, taint your feeling of Hank, or is it just one of those things of, you know, just kind of separate directions, awkward ex-girlfriend type thing, or, or like, what does it no. like, make of it? I so mean, you never had to see it, so you don't know. Yeah, but also, he got bought out. Yeah. You know, So, like, it's not like he became a free agent – and the Rangers wanted to keep him, and he's like, fuck you, I'm taking more money with the Capitals, one of the division rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers were basically like, hey, listen, we need the cap space. We have Igor and Georgiev. Like, writing was on the wall. The one thing that does kind of irritate the shit out of me is the Igor chance. Like, I, I love the kid, but we can't just... It almost comes off like we just moved on from Hank. Because, hey, this we have another young goaltender who seems pretty good. And we used to chant Henrik, so let's chant Igor. It's like, fuck you, that's Henrik's chant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I know Krejci retired as well. We kind of laughed before we started recording around how all the focus has been on Bergeron and almost nothing on Krejci. But Krejci already got his retirement sent off the first time around. So I don't think uh, you get two anymore. I will say one of like one thing they always say about David Krejci was as to how funny he was. Like they said, like behind the scenes, he was a riot. Like I used to tell, oh my God, like we'd have the group chat. It'd be me, Bubba, Jason and Garber. And anytime there was an in-between periods, Krejci interview is always the best with, I, uh, I get the puck. I skate over the blue line. I pass to Luch and Luch score. Like every time it would make <laughs> me die laughing. Um, there's one clip too. Uh, hopefully we can tag it and put it in this episode. Um, Sean Thornton's mic'd up. And I think it was his first game playing the Ducks after he signed in Boston. So they got him with the mic on and here he is. Here I come, Uter, boom. And he's hitting the guy. And one of the guys comes by the bench and he just goes, Suck it, you milk drinker. And then it's like <laughs> quiet for a sec. And then Krejci is there. He goes, oh, he, he likes milk. It's like, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things of all time. Just hearing it. And Thornton's like, yeah, that's all I had. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all I had. It was just so far. Oh, he likes milk. Like, oh, my God. Like, so I will miss the David Krejci English and all that. I will say. It's like, fuck you, strong bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, everybody I knew that knew Krejci said off the ice, like, what a character, but what a nice guy. 
him, the wife and kids, uh, enjoying all the summers down in Charleston and now probably going to be there forever down in South Carolina, the beautiful house down there. Enjoy it, big fella. I, I loved watching every second of you. And one thing that I will say about David Krejci, A, what a hell of a playoff performer. Like, yeah. I, I, you, they don't make them like that. And two, and I don't want to ring a hot take alarm, but probably one of the most underrated playmakers in the National Hockey League for 10 years. Just that 2C role that he was in, or 1C, when it was him, Lucic, and Horton, and then it was him, Lucic, and whoever was on that right wing for however many years. Just how underrated his playmaking ability was, was incredible. And seeing things of him finding seams and making passes, the work that he was able to do, the way that he was able to find guys. And a lot of it too, when you watch the whole play develop is he usually did it on the defensive side too. He would start to play on the breakout and he would come through and then he'd hold on to the, like just incredible player. Great to watch. And I'd say throughout the NHL, extremely underrated until you play. Yeah. One last question for you. If it's yes, it's a one-word answer. If it's no, I want the name. But Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. best two-way centerman of all time. Yes. Okay. I was trying to think. I was like, maybe Messier because he just had more offensive output on a career basis. What was he as strong defensively? I don't know. Like. No, no, Mess was a prick to play against. There, there's no question about that. <laughs> Definitely, I would say a lot stronger than Bergeron. But as yeah. for speed, quickness, agility, and like you said, I mean, offensive, offensive output, Mess has them. But if if you take away those days in Edmonton, I mean, I think Patrice yeah. blows them out of the water. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we're officially old, man. Like now, if a guy starts his career with the Bruins or the Rangers like Igor I guess is that guy or Kako in New York now now we can literally say that's a good young uh kid we got and you can actually correctly be calling him a kid I, I know still weird still one of those things <laughs> still trying to uh, ease into it yeah but uh moving on just a couple of quick hits I don't this won't be a super long episode we just wanted to kind of Touch base, get back in after a little summer break and some moves to retirement for Bergeron and Krejci. Um, the Eric Carlson trade, which we'll touch on now, um, and a couple, you know, end of summer roster decisions that have happened around the league. But the Carlson trade, long rumored, uh, finally happened. He did not go to Carolina, ends up in Pittsburgh. So the Penguins get, there's a three-team trade, Pittsburgh, San Jose, and Montreal. Pittsburgh ends up getting Eric Carlson, Rem Pitlick, a prospect in a third-round draft pick. San Jose gets a 2024 first-round pick from Pittsburgh. Uh, Michael Granlin's corpse and his contract. Jan Reuter's corpse and his contract. And Mike Hoffman's corpse and his contract from Montreal. And then Montreal just joining the party here. Gets a second-round pick in 2025 from Pittsburgh. Jeff Petrie from uh, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh 8. I think $2.5 million of his deal. And then Montreal flips him uh, and eats half of that balance um, and sends them. Where did he end up going again? 
I'm blanking. Was it Detroit? I think. I think Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. And which is weird because Detroit now has like 12 NHL defensemen on their roster, so I'm not sure what the plan is for Stevie. Yeah, Stevie um, was thinking of something. <laughs> and then Casey DeSmith uh, ends up in Montreal and a prospect as well from Pittsburgh. So I think only small salary retention by San Jose. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh ends up with the best player in the deal at the moment. San Jose gets out of the majority of that monster contract after Carlson rebuilds his value. Montreal picks up some pieces here that they can use for the future. And then guys like DeSmith, they could maybe trade at the deadline. They already flipped Petrie, uh, which everybody figured they would do at the deadline. But what do you think Pittsburgh is spending their resources, scant resources, to be honest, uh, wisely, where you're loading up on you have Latang right side playing 2025. Now you have Carlson on the right side and your second pair, them splitting power play time instead of getting another center or forward uh, to play in a top six. And also, if you're San Jose, Carlson, one of the best offensive seasons of all time by a defenseman. I know they only ate a little bit of the contract. But at, after all of that, you basically get three salary dumps and one first-round pick, which is probably going to be a late first-round pick, and that's it. Do I, you think San Jose did well here? I think San Jose did well from getting out of that contract. Yeah. I, I think on that alone, it, it's going to pay dividends. Um, did they get a couple of bad contracts on the other end? Sure. But they'll be able to get out of those before the other end. Like, Pittsburgh makes this deal, and to be honest, I don't think they're better. Like, like Pittsburgh wasted all these assets, picks, and, and like, they don't scare me. I, I, Eric Carlson has never had that glow for me of, oh, man, like, hey, Carlson's going to give it to us. Like, I've never had that. Does he produce? Yes. You already have letang there at the end of a deal that you're almost out of like, like there's just so many things that you're almost out of the way of and then you put this big addition in there and it's like huh like, yeah i mean it's just pushing they have basically two years left for crosby and malkin and letang before they all hang up the skates that are like fuck it we'll worry about three years from now three years from now <laughs> yeah just I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the deal. I, I was happy San Jose was able to find a way out of that deal. I, I did say that he was going to go to Pittsburgh. I, I thought that no matter what, th this is a typical Kyle Dubas move, taking over the front office there and trying to land a big fish. Who cares about the cap? Who cares about the future? We're just going to go with whatever's in front of us right now. Yeah. Um, I will give him yeah, credit, no. though. Pittsburgh had a lot of dead weight on that roster when he came in. And he cleared out all of it by the end of the summer. Oh, on that end, he did well. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to say that. But as for this trade, I mean, yeah, like good for you, I guess. Like, I don't the know. The only time, as a Rangers fan, the only time Carlson scared me when we played Ottawa and even in the playoffs against the Senators was the power play. Latang scares me anytime he's on the ice because he's physical. He's a two-way defenseman. Carlson, it's like. All right, you just got to forecheck, make him pay when he turns his back to you, and then you just got to keep an eye on him. On a power play, he can do a ton of damage. 
but if you are disciplined, you kind of neutralize Carlson. So I agree with you when it's like, are they better? They're better they, like talent-wise. Like, they have more talent. They're going to be even better on a power play. Like, now they can trot out. Latang already said he's going to uh, quarterback the second unit, and he'll give Carlson the first unit. So what a guy. The, yeah, the second unit's going to be better because of Latang. But overall, like, if I'm – if the Bruins or the Rangers are playing the Penguins in the playoffs this coming season – the thought of like, okay, now how do we stop Carlson is like eighth on the list. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, that, that's a first <laughs> round matchup you fucking hope for. Like, yeah. So, and the other thing is for San Jose. So they were, you know, they went all in all those years, drafted late in the first round. They hit a few home runs with undrafted free agent lottery picks. Um. And they were in a really bad cap spot with Carlson and Burns and Thornton and Vlasic and Couture. And then they had the Timo Meyer. Like, what are you going to do there with the big extension? And now Burns is gone. Carlson's gone. Thornton retired. Marlowe retired. Vlasic, I think he's either dealt at this deadline or next summer he's bought out. Mm-hmm. And Couture still has value, even though he has a big deal. You'll eat. 25% of his deal and get rid of him. And now all that's cleared out. And then I think Greer next summer is when Greer is going to be able to finally like start doing some work. Yeah. Start being able to get some free agents and change yeah. some things around. Um, besides that, the other big transaction that happened was actually yesterday. Austin Matthews signs a short term, but big time money deal to Stay in Toronto four more years, getting just over thirteen million dollars a year. Now the highest the paid highest in the paid. league. That yeah. highest paid now, yeah. So he's there for four years, and immediately after that deal, everybody's like, "All right, so are they trading Nylander? Um, Because I think he has what one year left. I believe so. Let me pull it up here. So one, I can't believe. The, this is the thing, man. You you got to set a, a artificial like cap or ceiling, right? Nobody should mm-hmm. be be paid more than Connor McDavid. And if I'm Toronto and and Mc, Matthews is like, I want thirteen million dollars a year, but like, Matthews doesn't get that. I don't think you're better than Matthews uh, and uh, McDavid. So like, I don't know. I just don't like the whole. Now, he's 13, which means somebody comes along who's equal or better than Matthews is going to be like, well, I want 14. Like, it's just re- kind of ridiculous how they I, set the bar like this. And then two years from now, the salaries are out of control. We need a, a lockout to get things situated and under control and a new CBA. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, like the game's evolving. They keep extending the salary cap. So I'm sure that's more of a projection hope that they'll be under it. But, I mean, you look at baseball salaries, you look at basketball salaries, like these hockey guys aren't even close. And we're yeah. over here going, wow, 13 <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Again, uh, what was the new basketball deal? I think it was Tatum is making like $45 million a year or $50 million a year. And I'm like, we're not even close. Like, we're, like we can't even get a sniff. And 
I'm looking at the forwards on Toronto all added up right now. And they're at fifty-eight five on forwards. Just for the forwards, <laughs> and it's like and fucking Jason Tatum's making that in a year. Like that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like we're not even close to the other sports. Yeah, I feel like Tatum is what uh, he signed like a four-year, three hundred million dollar extension. <laughs> yeah, something obscene. Like I just, I don't know. And they were saying I mean, baseball, like a middle relief pitcher gets like twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, I'll say fucking what's his name? They they said Shohei Otani. They they said his yeah. next deal is gonna be upwards of like six hundred million. Yeah, not anymore. He just uh well, so then he just blew oh yeah, they blew something up. But before that I was like, That is fucking stupid money. Like that is <laughs> stupid money. Well that's the thing. Like, I agree, these guys are worth more money. Um Unfortunately, the NHL, they're heavy on gate revenue. Now, But now that they have the TV deals, that's what's helping the cap go up. The escrow thing needs to get fucking eliminated. Like, it's killing the players. Um, and then on top of that, great. All right, so Matthews at $13 million when compared to other sports is underpaid. All right, then if not, I'm McDavid... Give me $18 million a year. Uh, on the next – yeah, next deal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Toronto definitely still has to make a move. I don't think they're going to go into the year carrying over $50 million for the forward group. No, it uh, says right now cap space too. They're just about $3 million over, so they're going to have to make something. I think Marner's gone. I, don't, I think they keep Nylander, and I think they move Marner. Now, do you think he'll end up in Carolina like everyone's predicting, or do you think somewhere else? I think somewhere else. I don't think Toronto wants to deal into a team that they have a realistic shot of playing in the playoffs and then having Marner playing on a wing with Ajo, knocking him out. Um, now, random, and I, I was thinking of this place for Matthews, but you think Marner goes out west to like LA? They they got all those younger prospects, which would help Toronto's cap situation, and introduce some younger blood in there. Um. Yeah. I mean, they don't have as many younger guys after the the Rod uh, trade. Um. When I was thinking of like where Marner would go, like. It's got to be a team that thinks they're either a contender now or they're going to be a contender for like the next three to five. And Colorado still has a lot of cap space. Um, but a team that I would be looking at out West trying to, because I don't think they're going to trade him in the East if they move Marner. I, Nylander, I don't think they care whether he goes. I don't think he's like that franchise. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. two separate uh, things there. <laughs> But, I mean, to be honest, if you want to make a big deal and start remaking that franchise, send them to Nashville. Yeah. If, if I'm Barry Trotz, like, hey, listen, let's go. I want to be this franchise to be offensively minded. I have Forsberg on the wing. I have a couple of young guys. I'm clearing some cap space. Marner's still, like, 11 years old. So, like, you can grow with him. Yeah, so, but I, mean, I think he, Nashville. He was the one who said anyways that he wanted um... – he wanted game changers. I mean, you got one right there. Yeah. So we'll see. Nylander, I feel like 
Toronto would deal him to Ottawa and not even care. <laughs> like yeah, he's a good player, a but he's not yeah. scary. Um, but yeah, so then Matthew Steele, the other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Jonathan Taves. He was one of the last like big names that remained unsigned the last time we recorded. Uh, he announced that he's stepping away from hockey. He's not retiring, but he's stepping away pretty much to recalibrate after all, all the health issues that he's gone through, which I take it to mean as I'm not going to sign a prove-it deal. I'm Jonathan Taves. I'm going to wait until a deadline, and there, now I'll see who's a legit contender or not, and then I'll work out a prorated deal to go to a contender to try and win one more cup before I hang him up next summer. That's the way I took it as, and I just, I always hated those anyways. Like, I know Mike Fisher did one a couple of years back with Nashville. Like, either you're playing or you're not, and I don't like the, I guess, you know, the balance in the wings of, oh, well, I'm going to take half a season off and I'm going to come back fresh. Like, I don't know. I I just think fucking either earn it or you don't, and you coming in at, you know, January is just kind of, horse shit to be honest and <laughs> i th- i still think he goes to colorado i know i say colorado a lot but they need a centerman obviously he's not the guy he was in his prime but i think having him as a 2c 3c for a legitimate cup contender like that uh is a natural fit um the other name we we knew all along he wasn't going to sign over the summer was kane mm-hmm. uh they're looking at a late November, early December return where he can start kind of showcasing to interested teams that his hips are healthy. He's back, not to form because he's 35 now, turning 36, but he can contribute. He's over the injury. He's not going to play like he did with the Rangers after the deadline last year where he basically was on one leg. Um I still think he ends up in New York. They'll make it work with the cap uh, if they need to. Now, again, is he the type of player the Rangers need when they already have Panarin um, and plenty of guys that just won't shoot the fucking puck? I don't think so. But it's an easy acquisition for the Rangers to make where they don't have to trade any young guys or even more picks at a third straight trade deadline. It's just fit him under the cap and bring him in and see what happens. So I think that's what happens come the holidays, the Rangers. And I will give Kane the benefit of the doubt because he's currently hurt. He's not just resting. Yeah. He had a, like a major surgery. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Taves has earned it to be honest. Like when you say like you're either in or you're out and you got to earn it. I think at that point, and it's not like he was healthy all along. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to wait to see who I should sign with when it's halfway through the season. Like, he legit had some pretty bad health scares the last two, three years. So I give him a little bit more leash versus, you know, if he was completely healthy, then I'd be like, eh, that's kind of a shit move because now you're going to walk into a room with a bunch of guys you never played with before and be like, hey, I'm only here because I'm riding your coattails for a ring. Yeah. I don't know. So. I just. <laughs> That's the way I think sometimes, just like son, <laughs> sons of bitches. So uh, anything else that we should catch up on uh, that's um, happened? Right now, I, I don't really think there was too much. I think we hit everything. All right. I, 
the one big announcement, Pius Sutter, uh, Suter uh, signed a two-year deal. So I don't know why, but he ended up being my boy this summer. Where I'm like, that's an underrated centerman. Like, the fact that he's unsigned. And then I said that for like four straight episodes. So I'm like, I guess I'm a Pius Sutter fan. <laughs> so finally found a home. That's good. Yep. Vancouver. So, oh, yeah. So next episode... So we're getting close to the start of camp. You know, Labor Day is coming up. Um, I think our next episode, which will probably be the week of Labor Day weekend, like mm-hmm. coming back from the holiday. I think that's our uh, first divisional preview. Yeah, I'll do four, and then it brings us right back to the regular season. Yeah, it starts us right on opening night, and then another year of heartbreak and disappointment. <laughs> yeah, starting, you heard it here first. <laughs> Not going out on a limb when it comes to the Rangers, at least. Uh, but yeah, so we'll do that. Uh, like I said, we just want to touch base, go over some things, especially the, uh, the Bergeron retirement, because that's a pretty big deal for everybody in New England. Um well, we'll be back after the holiday. We'll start doing our divisional previews that everybody loves, and then everybody can shit on us at the end of the regular season when the standings are the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we'll go from there. <laughs> I like it. Any okay. shout-outs on your end? I know the you've had a lot of traveling. You've had a lot of, a lot of waterfront traveling. activities. And a lot of work. And a birthday. In a birthday, yeah, the little one is now six. Um, I just got a text uh, from Redder to you. Uh, she wants to know on the zero to ten scale, how okay. hot do you think Ryan Reynolds is? Ryan Reynolds isn't hot. He's classically handsome. <laughs> classically handsome. Uh, so on the zero to ten, I, I gave I gave him an eight two. Okay. I'd... I mean, it's weird because, like, I don't know. I know a lot of women find him attractive, and I can see why they find him attractive, and I think his personality adds a few points. Just going on looks-wise, I'd put him at a 7-1. Oh, I'm going to gotta text her that now. <laughs> <laughs> ben, based on just looks. Now, my question for her is, who is more attractive? Just looks. Ryan Reynolds or Henrik Lundqvist? Oh, I I mean, I'd go Hank personally because Hank has the locks too. And you, and you got the hammer. No, oh, I was going to say, <laughs> fucking guy should be a plumber with the wrench he has. <laughs> um, but yes, no. So the little one, a day of birth, now six. Uh, you also had a uh, a day as well. Oh, yeah, that was earlier in a month. Uh, I'm a few decades older than uh, Emma. Than a little so. older. <laughs> exactly a couple of decades older than Emma. <laughs> Actually, I'll have to send you uh, her cheering pictures just came in today. She, she did pretty good, that little shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm basically, I'm Jonathan Taze right now. I'll just leave it like that. Just like that. All right. I'm just... Uh, washed up i mean you know vacation <laughs> was great come back and you know been working a lot it's our busy season and then boom we'll be uh 
right back at it again and you know sierra's birthday was yesterday so she's 28 now i believe i don't like the fact that like sierra is now getting to the age where like you and i thought we were adults and we're like yeah we're adults we have our shit together and you know sierra was like young and now all of a sudden she's like yeah i'm that age now and it's like Man, we really didn't have our shit together then either. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on it. You know, I'm trying to get better, like a fine wine. Hey, at least you have uh, a wife and two kids in the house, and you have your shit together. Even if you're pretending, you're doing a better job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about the look sometimes, you yeah. know. <laughs> so Emma six and uh, six years old. I remember. Time really is flying. Bergeron's gone. Hank's gone. Your kids are like old enough to be. You can like do a weekend trip with Redder and just like leave him with a family member and be okay. <laughs> we did that a uh, couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Jesus. Like time really is flying, man. Yeah, we uh, we signed up her sister in law a couple of weeks ago. I was like, by the way, you're gonna take them for the week XOXO, and we just <laughs> ran. <laughs> we'll see you Sunday at some point. Okay, bye. And Cam is how old now again? Cam's eight. Cam, oh my god. Yeah, they're like two and a half years apart because then he'll be nine until they turn. So, well, I say this every time we talk about time flying and the kiddos, but best of luck to you, and especially any boy that enters the path of Emma when she's a teenager. Dude, God bless him. <laughs> make sure he signs the waiver and you can't come back here crying because ain't going to happen here, pal. <laughs> but, all right. Well, I'm glad you're back. Glad you got some good summer vacation time in, time with the fam. Recalibrate a little bit. And now uh, it's back to the grind. We got training camp opening. Got to go to the, the batting cage and take some fastballs to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. So we got... One more summer holiday, and then it really sets the tone for the crisp fall mornings and two, five, and ten hockey previews. Bang, bang. Suck upon somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Well try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Try that in a small town